Episode 6 Motorboats and Hoes Welcome to episode number six of the Adventures in Lollygagging podcast. I'm your Game Master, Jeff. There are a bunch of people sitting around my table right now. All are currently quickly trying to look up their alignments because <laughs> I, I asked them right before we recorded <laughs> that I'm going to ask them about their alignments because uh, we haven't really talked about that yet. So uh, alignment is an interesting system the way Zweihander handles it because uh, it's kind of a plumbing. There's two different... There's a there's basically a gradient that you go from one side to the other, something that's more chaos-oriented uh, and one's more order-oriented. And it's really used as a guiding post for how to, how to role-play, or at least how your character might behave in specific situations of high stress or fear. It's not how you have to act in every single aspect of the day or anything like that. And it's not necessarily, if you're just walking down the street or you're going to buy something at the store, no big deal. But in Moments of pressure when you have to rely on like maybe your instinct or something like that is you're likely going to skew towards one of these two juxtapositions. And much like everything else in Zweihander character creation, it's totally random, right? So we, we roll these things and we go through them. So I thought really quickly before we dive into tonight's episode, like let's just go around and let's hear what everyone's everyone's two sides of your alignment coin are and what do you think that means? So. I'm going to start on my right, and I'm going to go to Erwin. So what do you got? So currently I have two points of order going towards humility, uh, where in a stressful situation I would think about how to be more humble and not mm. arrogant and more reasonable, perhaps, in how I would handle that situation. I have one chaos rank, which is towards incompetence, which is just being super arrogant, doing whatever, not really caring. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so these ranks that uh, he's talking about, those those are given at the end. So I guess traditionally what Zweihander does is at the end of a session, and they assume a several hours of a session, right? Uh, you add up all your corruption, the the game master rolls a d10, and then whether where your your corruption total corresponds to that, that d10 roll determines whether or not you gain a rank of corruption or whether you gain ranks of order, right? Um because our sessions are short, since we do them like an hour, so they're only really an hour, like each episode is like an hour, we roll them over, we roll those totals of corruption every two or three episodes, and so that's why you don't necessarily hear us ending every single episode with corruption rolls, but uh, but we'll do it from time to time. Uh, and so let's go to, I'm, I'm not going to do, I don't, I don't do this, I'm going to do this in a random order because I don't want anyone to be safe. Uh, we're going to go to Emily. What do you got? Uh, I have uh, two points towards my order rank, which is a pride. And then one point towards my chaos rank, which is arrogance. Um, since I'm leaning more towards pride right now, pride with Emily more is like she just wants to, if it involves her, her family name, you know, she just wants the best foot forward for that. Sure. Okay. Um, arrogance is when she gets a little uh, mouthy and um, <laughs> okay. and it can do no wrong and she wants to fight everybody. Right on. Okay. Good deal. Uh, let's go uh, Zofia. So Zofia has two points towards her order alignment of adaptation. So generally, she's going to want to talk to everyone, kind of get everyone together, and really just be able to adjust to a situation in front of her. She also has one point toward a chaos alignment of mayhem. 
So in the last episode, when things didn't really go her way and she kind of got shut down and she's going to go around to the rest of the group and, you know, kind of be a gossip hound. Yeah. Be a gossip, stir the pot a little bit. Okay. All right. Uh, How about you, Bruno? Uh, Let's see. Bruno, he's got diplomacy on the order side, which he's got three. Count them one, two, three ranks in because he's very diplomatic. <laughs> okay. And uh, no points towards his chaos side, which is hypocritical, which is kind of funny because I'm very hypocritical in real life. I know. I was about to say something. I'm like, <laughs> when I think of diplomacy, I do not think of Keith. That is not. Oh, hip, hip, hypocritical. Ah, that works. That but works. Uh, I guess I haven't really been had too much of an opportunity to use it yet. But in those times, I guess, you know, I should try to find times to find compromises for both sides. Sure. That benefit everyone. Okay. Uh, and then we're going to go over to Bear. All right. It's funny how you ended with us, too, because we have the same. Do you really? Yes, we do. Yeah. Oh, we should have re-rolled that. Why didn't we re-roll that? Well, eh, whatever. It's too late yeah. now. Yeah, it's kind One of, of you is just going to have to leave. <laughs> uh, on the order side, we got Impiety and Chaos Heresy. Okay. All right. So All right. I guess Impiety would be like, do things with your own two arms and two legs. Yeah, we're not like relying on gods or anything. Mm-hmm. intervention or anything. Sure. And isn't, like, isn't, isn't Chovy's, like, background aren't you uh you're not you're not academic that's also Irwin. reverent yeah you're reverent yeah yes. so that kind of we see some overlap there too mm-hmm. that's interesting okay all right you'll have some hopefully have some opportunities to play around with some of the gods and godly folk there is a group of pilgrims right now that are currently in town uh so let's get going then um where or what what do you recall from last episode or so where what were we doing where were we at what happened oh boy. Burning rugs, creepy faces. Sure, That's we were the looking end for rich mud. Yeah, whenever I ask that question, <laughs> Coder always loves to jump right to the very end. Like this is the last thing we did. I'm like, okay, <laughs> let's just massage it and get there. <laughs> a little. So, what do we recall from last last week's episode? Uh, we still had to get to the location. We're still traveling, actually. Yeah. So, so you guys had just found Cressida, who had taken a liking to Bruno. Some some sort of this. Not surprising. Yeah, of course. He's very diplomatic. <laughs> yes. Uh, mm-hmm. But eventually you made it to a, a place. Does anyone remember the name of the town? Edgar's Keep. Edgar's. No. Edgar Key. Yeah. K-E-Y. Oh, K-E-Y. Thought, it's because the coastline looks like a key. Yeah. yeah. So there's there's no keeps. It's a, it's, it's like basically a rundown yeah, small yeah. village, right? No, right. No, no, no. no. <laughs> uh, and talked to some wardens, drew a really awesome map. Yeah. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. You. Did, it was a turkey. You colored by numbers, and I think you. I think you probably led a couple wardens who are going to go back up into the foothills, look at the wreckage, and they're probably going to get lost and die because of you. Uh, so take like thirty corruption. Um, <laughs> uh, okay, and then uh, at certain point, you guys went to a gnome a gnome's house and uh, found something. Bear went there. Yeah. yeah do you, Bear, do you remember what you found? No. No, you yeah. don't. Okay. <laughs> Uh, yeah, there's some uh, suspicious crates that were had the insignia of the Plumhawk Trading Company, yeah. which we once worked for. That's true. And there were some that they uh, did not have them anymore. Hmm. No, no, no. They were they were still there, but oh. they were just. Uh, I mean, it's just like, like these scratch. crates were were used quite a bit. Recycling, I respect yes. that. Yes. Mm-hmm. There's some uh, big guns in there. Mm-hmm. Scary guns. How big? Uh, just like a flintlock pistol. Not that big. Yeah, you definitely saw in the the one crate that that you, that was still open and hadn't yet been sealed. Uh, there were a hand. There were de- certainly somewhere in the neighborhood of maybe ten to twenty five guns. You'd have to really start pulling them out to see how much the crate was was guns and how much it was its straw that was keeping it insulated. And then finally, you all went to go see a man uh, about a horse. 
Uh, no, it wasn't about ours. <laughs> who was the man's name? Richmond. Why are you going to see him? Yeah, he was the one who's uh, keeping track of the kids, right? Uh, yeah, I mean, he would. He was more of. He, from what you know, he's an old friend or something like that of of Harold. And since he was up here, he would periodically send a note every, like, just to say, "Yep, they're still alive," uh, that kind of thing. Um, but you can inquire about that perhaps in a moment if you get a chance to speak with him. Um, and then you arrived at the lighthouse, uh, open the door, go inside. A couple things stood out. One was what? Smoke. There was some smoke. Smoke, yeah. And then finally, what was the last image? Do you remember the last image we ended on? A bunch of creepy masks and a dude rolling around on the floor. So second floor of this lighthouse, Bear comes bursting through. I'm so glad it was Bear. That's the one who I would not even plan that. It just worked out that way. Bear comes run up the stairs and he encounters a room that's filled with 30 creepy looking masks that are leathery and they have bits of animal parts and horns and Mm -hmm. fur and they're all hanging on the wall with these dark empty black sockets where you imagine eyes would be looking through and they're all staring suddenly at bear and they're rolling on the ground is an old man with a long beard and it looks as though a lantern or something like that was recently dropped in the rug that he was rolling around on is caught on fire and this man with his large beard is just in some sort of pain or agony but before we get to that I'm going to need Bear to go ahead, and I need you to make a uh, a hard resolve test Ooh. as these childhood memories come flooding back to you as all these creepy tribalistic masks begin to stare at you in all sorts of different directions. So that's minus 20? Yeah. Oh, that's correct. So I need a 30. And that is not a 30. Well, <laughs> you fail. Okay. Uh, we still have some leftover fortune points. If you want to try to re-roll, it's up to you. That's another thing we, we often carry over. Is it carry over our fortune points since we have short episodes? No. Okay, buddy. Like, not a good chance. Roll some. You could die. I almost crit filled it. Oh, boy. Oh, oh boy. Oh, boy. That's 13 points of mental peril as you are uh, utterly terrified all of a sudden. A f- sense of fear washes over you uh, as you think for a moment probably... You have some flashbacks, but you probably reach for your maul that you carry with you from time to time, and you're like, it takes you a moment before you realize it isn't until probably Emily, who was right on your heels coming through the door up the stairs, bumps into you, that you realize these 30 things aren't surrounding you and about to attack you, but they are in fact just inert masks that are just hanging up, perhaps like decoration on the walls. And you, Emily, as you you come up, you see him just shaking and staring and his normally very tan brown skinned face has has gone quite white as he looks as if he's seen a ghost and he's just standing there shaking. Oh gosh. What the heck's going on in here? Bear, bear, sit down. So like Emily kind of like reaches for his shoulders. I can't quite reach his shoulders. Yeah, it's quite tall, yeah. But I like kind of like pull him to sit down on the stairs as I continue up into the room. Okay. Um, and I see that the rug's on fire. So yes. the first thing I do is I go to put out the rug. Okay. All right. So just go over. Uh, is there anything you're using to help to do that? Or? Uh, I just kind of, is the whole thing engulfed in flames or just part uh, of it? About a quarter of it. It's a, the rug is, is maybe, you know, it, it's a pretty generic, you know, basic animal skin rug and maybe about a quarter of it so about a yard's worth is is 
currently singed, and there's a small yeah. flame that seems to be growing down as I've it goes past it. I've got my animal skin kind of on my back, so I just kind of take that and smother it. And So you take this uncured, nasty... <laughs> yep. And it's just flinging, like, goo yep. from these... I mean, it's a little dry Three-day-old kill, or two-day-old kill at this point. Yeah. No, this one's the alligator. Oh, this is oh gosh. I have a the lot crocodile. of animal skins. Yeah, you're, you're still carrying that crocodile. Yeah. That, that was, like, session zero. Okay, all right. Uh, so, yeah, you start putting it out, no problem. It doesn't. It's not too difficult. Uh, but roll, uh, I would say, roll a trivial coordination test to see if sure. you avoid perhaps uh, burning myself, singeing yourself a little bit. I rolled a. I, I did not pass. Oh boy. Or wait, you said trivial. Trivial, yeah. So plus thirty. Plus 30. Oh, I passed definitely. Okay. Yeah. All right. So yeah, you managed to avoid contact with the flame and, and avoid damage. Uh, the man's still rolling on the ground. You can see that there's broken glass and what looks to be some kind of oil slick on the ground as well. It's mostly stone floor, mm-hmm. um, but there is the, you know, that's why you, you see the, the rug over top of it. It's a very, fairly hard, cold stone. Um, what do you want to do? Uh, I'm going to approach him and see if maybe like he's having like a seizure or something. He's do quite I- literally going, ooh. <laughs> oh, uh, and just grab he just grabbing his toe uh, as he apparently <laughs> you would imagine bumped into something he's a very old man uh, but ah, just oh and just <laughs> like rolling back and forth people. and his beard is all messed up at this point yeah gotcha so I just kind of kneel next to him and I'm like uh Richmond ah, ah, ah. who who are you Hi, who, I'm. Who are you? I'm Emily. Uh, I knocked on the door. Uh, <laughs> I I heard, uh, you know, you kind of yelling, so I was kind of nervous. Are you all right? Yeah, just stub my toe. Oh God, ah, stupid, stupid, uneven stone. And he just goes to kick, and you can look at the ground where there's like a slab of stone that's slightly higher than the other mm. slab. And as he kicks it, as he's you know getting up, he, he immediately grimaces again. It's like, oh, oh, why did I do that? Why did I do that? And uh, slowly climbs up into a chair. Uh, what is everybody else doing at this point? Uh, there... Come inside after them. Okay, and you all just one one by one coming up, or is someone staying outside? Uh, Bruno's going to go search around the property. Okay. Yeah, so Bruno's going to take a look outside. He's going to go get some fresh air. Yeah, Bear is just... Calm down. (laughs) You start going right back down the stairs outside. I'll come up after them. Okay. Sophia comes up. Yeah, and as you pass by Bear, you can see Bear is just uh, miles away. There's a guy that's miles away looking at his face. All the blood drained, and he's just... I would imagine probably reaching back and just scratching the back of your neck as you just feel this weird tingle going down the back of your neck. Mm Mm-hmm. So, the bearded man stands up, uh, lim- you know, limps over to a stool, and he said, um, Sorry, what did you say your name was? My name is Emily. Uh, we're here on behalf of Master Zyger. Zyger, 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 Zyger. Harold. Oh, Herald. right. Yes. Uh, uh, something happened to him. Is he Okay. Um, He's all right, but Madeline sent a, a missive about her brother Gabriel. He's Madeline. gone missing. Of course, yes, of course. Um, right. Um, I haven't heard anything beyond that, so um, 
wish I could be of more assistance. Yes, we just came by because he told us to contact you and maybe you know more about them. Last I heard, Gabriel was working in the lumber. Uh, uh, working, excuse me, with the lumber. Uh, my prepositions need work. And Maddie, oh, she was um, she was working on the beet farms for the Sunbearer Sanctuary, I think. Um, that was months ago, unfortunately. Um, I haven't spoken with pretty much anyone from the colony. It's been at least a few months, I suppose. Um, don't much get many visitors out this way, if you, you can imagine. Mm, I see. Uh, is there... Who was it who you would generally contact with when you would speak with anybody from Bachman Ruin? Oh, um... You know, one face is just the same as another, you know? Um, let's see, there was... Was Wilhelm, but he was never much of a conversationalist. Um, there was Ivo, and well, I liked playing dice with him, but I haven't heard from him in even longer. Um, it's really it. I, I um, honestly, I'm not, I'm not as up on the the goings on as I used to be. I'm afraid. Um, uh, you can see I've. It's just my duties here are just so important, you know, and I'm serious. I very much have to um, light the fires and tend the garden and, you know, that, that sort of thing. From my experience of perhaps what a lighthouse is, is it really that difficult to do? Uh, I mean, yeah, you have to be careful with it, but I mean, it's, yeah. it's not the most complicated job. You go up, you light a flame, you look. Yeah. He seems to be making a pretty big deal well yeah i mean he's you can tell he's i don't know he's being a little elusive evasive maybe yeah uh these are some really interesting masks up on your walls oh you like them do you made them myself just a bit of a hobby when you live out in the middle of nowhere you've got to you got to find something to occupy your time you know what they say idle hands and all (laughs) Mm. yes Yes, idle hands. Sophia's going to go up and look at kind of each of them intently while they're talking. Okay, yeah. Um, say anything you're looking for in particular? You're just observing just them? looking for if they look like animals, if they look like people, if anything looks familiar. Okay, uh, let's see. Folklore test? Uh, we'll make this one... Make this uh, challenging. Nope. Okay. As you start cycling around, nothing too... Nothing stands out to you in terms of what they might be. You've heard random tales and stories of... And I would say most people have, you know, the types of stories parents tell their children to make sure they go to bed at night, you know, that type of thing. You remember that there was something like a Grendel, Grendel, something, and it's beast folk, something like that. I don't know. You can't quite place your finger. Something about the fur, something about the horns, that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, Emily kind of looks around. What else do I notice in the room? Uh, there is a small table um, on top of which you see some dirty wooden plates as if maybe he's not cleaned up his 
lunch or dinner, maybe ate early, maybe you went to Country Kitchen, you're not sure. A stool that he is sitting on uh, in the corner of, of it, you see another stair, set of stairs going up even further to another, to another level. Um, you see what looks to be a cot in the corner, in the other corner opposite of where he's sitting on his stool. So this, this room seems to be a dual room for where he eats like a single apartment type of thing. And he's got all these masks decorating it that just looks on while he sleeps. That's weird. Okay. You're weird. So how do you know Master Zyger? Oh, um, Harold and I, yes, we, um, we served in the Navy together. Yes, yes. Some many years ago. Yes. Yes. How, how, how do you know Master Zyger? Of course. Master Zyger. Um, very grandiose to Our big friend Bruno, he introduced us. He yeah. had a job. Yeah. Yeah, he's, he's outside right now, but... Maybe you'll meet him. Master Zyg is outside. Uh, Bruno, our friend. Bruno. Yeah. We were hired to go look for... Yeah, there's already more people in this room than I feel comfortable with, to be honest with you. So I'm sure your friend Bruno is a wonderful man, but I'd rather not have too many in here. There's only room for so many eyes, of course. Yeah. There seems to be plenty of eyes in here. He looks at you as if the joke just went completely over his head. Is very confused at this point. Sophia points to the masks on the wall. Yes, you like those, do you? Yes. <laughs> I'm, a... I'm not sure if I've mentioned this, but I've made them all by myself. Yes. What do you make them out of? Oh, this and that, of course. Things you find. All manner of interesting thing washes up on shore. What is your inspiration? Oh, my dreams, I suppose. You know. Just whatever comes to mind. <laughs> and Emily's like, okay. Uh, <laughs> you know, uh, would you mind if I could have a view off the top of the lighthouse? I've never been in one before. Oh, certainly not. There's no railing up there. And if you fall and I, I don't have insurance, and no, no, thank you. <laughs> I'm disappointed Keith so much. He does not like my job. Absolutely not. Out of the question. Huh. Are you a licensed lighthouse keeper? No, but then I no, have one present. Have, uh, no, madam. I uh, thank you for assisting me with putting out the fire, but at the same time, I think it was your knock on the door that started me into banging my toe to begin with. Yes. So that's a hard no on the lookout side? Sophia tries one more time, just to see. Uh, you can try. You can roll charm check if you want. Uh, so standard. Just fail. Okay. And he just looks at you as you continue to to press. He's like, "Madam, no, it's for your own safety. You must forgive them. They uh, haven't ever had the opportunity to." have such a wonderful view of the ocean. Perhaps uh, I could convince you by playing dice. Dice. Um, he looks at you for a second, thinks somewhat carefully. He's like, no, the sun's going down, and the longer you wait to do it, the more you'll press upon me to let you stay, and I just have no desire to have, again, no offense, of course, um, the lot of you here for... Not that long, if you don't mind. 
What was your business again? I'm sorry, I've completely forgotten. We were hoping to get some information about... Oh, yes, yes, yes. Uh, Harold's children. Surely there must be so you, some information you can give us. You said that Madeline was working at the turnip farm? It was beets, my Beets, dear. okay. Though perhaps they grow turnips too, I don't know. I'm, I have a small garden in back, but that is all. And then Gabriel worked it with the... Yes, that's what Ivo mentioned. He was uh, in the lumber work group. I'm sure they have a more proper name for it, but... And who exactly are Wilhelm and Ivo? Oh, um, they're wardens. They periodically come to pick up various sundries and prisoners and such. And... Do, the, do those wardens stay at the colony? Or do they travel to get other prisoners that... As far as I understand it, the Wardens have a barracks somewhere in somewhere in or near Verdum. I don't never been to the village myself. Um, and yes, whenever there's a new mm, shipment, what's the proper terminology? I don't know. Uh, they send a few down to, down here to the quay, making sure that uh, the Rembolds don't have to have a bunch of prisoners rolling around on their ferry without proper security. Can this I is all information, by the way. You would very easily have gotten in town. There's no reason for you to have made this trek. Well, we only made the trek all the way up here because Master Zygar, uh was hoping that maybe you had some more information than the general public. Well, yes, I'm not sure if you're quite privy to... The relationship between Harold and his children, they were very much estranged. Um, it's not surprising, I would imagine, that um, that uh, Gabriel would be unwilling to communicate, or I'm sure he's fine. It's probably much ado about nothing. Um, his lumber crews are on and off again for weeks at a time, I believe. It's probably just a misunderstanding, of course. Yeah. I would ask Ivo for you, but it's been some time since I spoke with him. I understand it's a little tasteless of me to ask, but um, can you you divulge to us the reason why Madeline and Gabriel are in the camp? I, my goodness, um, that's quite forward. Uh, you, you took a job to help these... Bruno took the job for us. Yes, but... this Bruno fella I keep hearing... All sorts of things about, yes. Um, well, they were... Um, how should I put this? They, I'm sure, will say that they fell in with the wrong crowd, but uh, I spent some time in Weishaven with the Zygers in my younger years working with Harold on his boat-building enterprise, but... Oh, his children were always a bit on the, uh, how do we put this, incorrigible, annoying, uh, use whatever word you like, uh, but they got it in their minds that something with the way in which the aristocracy, the blood, the monarch, whatever it was, and I believe there was some sort of attack or some kind of larceny committed around the whole of dynastic records in Oxterton and they were somehow involved and 
the extent of which I don't know, but I know very many people were injured, uh, perhaps even killed. And, um, I'm sure Harold spent a pretty penny keeping them from the noose or the axe or whatever way they're killing people these days in the capital. Goodness, that seems quite imposing of a challenge to even have the nerve to do that. Yes, they God. were... Um, Yes, they were very brash children, of course. Um, yes, especially Maddie. Oh, my. I have Gabriel, to be honest. He, he was a good boy. He really followed her around like a lost little lamb, if you ask me. He would uh, gladly help his sister do anything. I would imagine it was probably all her idea, to be honest. And now... Yes, and he was more more than likely just going along, doing what he could to make his sister happy. But I haven't spoken with either of the children in years. This is more of a favor for an old friend. Um, but, uh, I'm not sure what you are expecting, but uh, by the looks on your faces, I imagine I have been nothing but disappointing to you. I certainly appreciate the information. Yes. Is there anything you would like us to tell Master Zyga when we return? Uh, yes, could you please inform him to stop sending strangers to knock on my door near, near evening? It's really quite untoward. Is this not the first time? Uh, most people come in the light of day. Um, you're going to be returning back to town, yeah, in dark, so... You're not staying here. Mm. I have no room. None. Well, we will take our leave then. Yes, you will. I'll just turn around and wait. You turn around, okay. <laughs> Sophia says nothing but sort of does a raised eyebrow as if asking the unasked question one final time while going downstairs. What was the question? What's the can, can we go can see this? <laughs> oh, no. No, I said no. If you were to fall, I would be responsible, and I will not have that. Absolutely not. Yeah. I'm a very old man. One day I will die quite soon, I'm sure. And at that point, you're welcome to return here and go up to the top level if you would like to be the lighthouse keeper yourself. Yeah. So Emma just kind of like picks up her thing, and she's like, all right, well, sorry for startling you. Thanks for the information. Mm. And uh, she goes down to look for Bear and Bruno. Okay. Uh, so while all that was happening, uh, Bruno and Bear are outside looking around. Um, so Bruno, you notice a few things. Um, there seems to be a small garden on the eastern side of the lighthouse. Um, looks to be just basic vegetables, nothing particularly fancy. Uh, well tended. Uh, all sorts of uh, farming tools in a small little shed uh, that seems to be most likely built by whoever occupies the lighthouse. Um, you see, you see a handful of birds that have lined up uh, on a on a fence, a wooden fence that seems to be blocking a fall off of the rock itself, off of this little this little precipice uh, that seems to just signal a, a steep drop. There's a handful. Um, the sun is going down on the western side, so it's getting it's getting quite dark, but there's still a little bit, tiny bit of light left. Um, nah. Is there anything particular you're looking to do or you're looking for out here? 
No, just keep them watch. Yeah. Take a look around. No, it's fine. I mean, to the to the like you you all are out on a like a key a little bit further out into the water, so it's fairly isolated. Um, further eastward, you can immediately see that the the mountains, the Egansal Peaks, that that curve around uh, uh, the north northern parts of of the kingdom are definitely there. You can see them um, a ways miles off. Uh, this is likely the last clear travelable terrain everything after this is is probably unexplored or uh, at least not heavily explored but now there's nothing specific out here after a minute or so though you see bear come stumbling out hand braced against the inside of the door frame you don't want to go in there it's freaky how so want to talk about it's just a lot of faces faces of what I I don't know this really didn't rub me the right way reminded me of something in the past that I'd rather not mention at the moment okay I won't pry you seem very private about this I would respect that because I'm a respectful person very diplomatic one would say I'll just go pacing around the lighthouse. So after, so as you guys wait, uh, watch the sun go down together. Perhaps, hand in hands. Yeah, perhaps hand in hand. Yeah, well, sure. Sitting down on the ledge of the cliff. Yeah, looking nice. at it. Mm-hmm. That's what I needed. You start perhaps whistling the new limerick, the new lullaby you learned from Cressida. Don't necessarily know the words, but probably know the, the tune by now. It's a new one. You like it? <laughs> You don't. No. <laughs> you very much do not. It's very unsettling, a uh, little little melody to it. Uh, but I would say after about a half an hour, when the sun goes down, the rest of the crew comes stumbling out of the lighthouse. Uh, it's dark out at this point, so someone's probably going to have to light a torch on your way back. Um, there's still some light coming from above, uh, but uh, with the lighthouse, the lighthouse top. But like as you travel away, you're going to need so. But yeah, you look a little bit frustrated with the lack of openness that Mr. Unger was willing to, to provide. But he did provide you a couple of bits of information, albeit begrudgingly. You guys get anything useful? No, he's creepy. What? Yeah, seemed like that, a nice old man. That was I'm not... I'm getting a very mixed report right now. <laughs> that, that, was, that was not worth the time coming out here, to be Bear, honest. Bear, are you all right? Do you see the sunset, though? Yeah. We were inside. It's gone. Let's just get out of here. What okay, are guys. you... I got Bear. Do, it's okay. Do you really believe that you knocking on the door made him stub his toe? I'm a simple woman. I don't know. <laughs> like, it's entirely possible that he would have burned himself some if we had not come. And he... Must not like people very much. To... I mean, it is very isolated out here, so I can imagine that would be a little startling to have somebody knock on your door. Especially when you have, like, 30 masks staring at you at all times as your only company. But, uh, I'm he, not sure. He made them himself, so he probably enjoys their company. They were he very creepy. Oh, yeah. Okay, anybody who would like to... You don't have to. You can roll a, we'll call it a hard eavesdrop test as you're waiting at the 
giving your talk on maybe busting out some torches. If you, you don't have to, if you don't like to. I'll just get the torch ready. Pass. Okay. Fail. 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 So as, so as you're sitting there talking, um, Emily, you, you hear a voice coming from inside the lighthouse. And it sounds like and the door is still kind of cracked open a little bit. You didn't fully close it because you're all very rude people. Uh, but you hear a voice echoing down. You just yeah, I don't know who they are. They just showed up on the door. I don't, I don't understand. Yes, I, I got rid of them as fast as I could, of course. No, no, then of course they're not going to come back. No, why would they come back? <sighs> You're being ridiculous. Yes, ridiculous. I said ridiculous. They're still out there, you said. Are you sure? Hmm. No. No, I'm not going to do that. They're friends of Harold's. Yes, Harold. Yet. Yeah. I can't. I can't talk to you any like this. I just can't. And at a certain point, that, that conversation, that one-sided conversation here just sort of trails off. And so, like... I'm assuming they notice me because, like, I just kind of go still and I'm, like, staring intently at the door. And I'm like, did you guys, did you guys hear that? Hear no. what? He's talking to someone. There was no one there when we were there. There's no one here. He's talking. Well, I mean, there was a room that we weren't, we didn't enter. We didn't enter the top of the lighthouse. Maybe that's why he didn't want us to go up there was because there was someone hiding up there. He's probably just crazy and talking to himself. You have to be pretty mental to make those freakish masks. Maybe he was talking to the masks. Maybe they're his friends. I did not want to hear that. <laughs> <laughs> Do I need you to roll another stress test? <laughs> no, you're good. Yeah, so Emma's just like, well, I don't, I don't think we should stay in this area. I think we need to hurry back to, to town. Agreed. We should definitely go back to town. And maybe someone there will know a little bit more about I this mean, man. I mean, we can ask about him, but I think I think it would be best to get a, to get away for a while. Yeah, that's as you all as you light the torch up, uh, Chovy, and you begin to turn. Like you hear as you're walking away, they're finally leaving. What? Oh, excellent. Good. Good. Now, dice. <laughs> And then as you continue back to town, <laughs> the looks on your faces. So like, good. Uh, what? So good. Uh, okay, so you all just get get back on the on the path. Uh, uh, who would like to try to navigate your way back? Go ahead and uh, go ahead and roll. It's uh, it's nighttime, so this is uh, this is gonna be challenging. Morning's down. It's a little bit of rocky terrain. It's dark out. Sophia also wants to make a point to tell Bruno, and no, we didn't see the sunset. Because we asked to go look outside, and he said no. So no, we did not get to see the sunset. I haven't tried. Wait, to- what do you mean? You guys came outside, and did he like keep you in there hostage? Is he a bad person? No, we wanted to see from the top of the lighthouse. Oh. And he said no. I even tried. He said he liked dice. I even tried to gamble with him to get him to let us go up, and uh, he wasn't interested. Maybe he just doesn't like you guys. It's possible. He doesn't like people very obviously. I'm quite all right with that. So. <laughs> That's a pass. Okay. Yeah. So you get back there, even though it's dark, 
even though it's it's relatively unfamiliar terrain, you only pass by here once. You're able to get back really without much trouble. You keep the the coast on your right uh, to the north, and then you just kind of follow it as best you can. Um, as you get closer uh, to the village itself, you can see some of the shacks themselves have some lights in the windows here and there. Not all of them. Some of them do. Um, as you're passing by Alaric's, you do notice that there's a light coming down. So it looks like he's returned sometime recently. You've been gone almost two hours, maybe th- maybe three, ne- nearing three, about two, two and a half, something like that, between your travel and then your discussion. And then you're, now your you return travel. So about two to three hours or so. So it looks like he's completed whatever task that he was doing. Um, but eventually, yeah, you make it back to town. Um, you can see that the wardens themselves have already made their their camp many of them have have a fire off to the side away from any of the buildings uh your cart and your uh and your new friend Cressida are still where you'd expect them to be um you can see the pilgrims that are waiting for the ferry she's still in her cart yeah she's still in your cart i think yeah it's covered in blood i want to go up at some point but we're going to need that back, so <laughs> thanks. Yeah. yeah, you're just going to have to walk now. Um, Is it coming with us on the boat? That's a great question that you might want to ask somebody. Um, but as a buccaneer and then as a boatman, you would know that there's a there's limited space. Uh, but at the same time, uh, you, what you've learned, what you learned last episode was that, that they were planning on this particular ferry ride, that there was going to be two wagons filled with prisoners and wardens going back. And then there's also going to be some wagons from the settlers. And so likely that would have been the entirety that would have been able to been fit to fit on there. And since fortunately those wagons went they're over gone. a ravine and they're they're totally a bunch of them all I died i mean us. there's room so there's possible but it might might cost you some uh to do so um you do have some money between you and then you did have a little bit of an allowance given to you uh by mr zeiger uh but how long is that how much is that going to stretch you're not sure but it's your call you can always ask somebody around well town i mean whatever. you know that is helping take a prisoner back to bachman ruins mm-hmm. um so you need to figure out some place you're staying for the night. There's no inn. Um, you really just lo- it looks like most of the people who are here and don't live in the town are just honestly just sleeping somewhere near, you know, relatively close to the town itself, um, but are basically just camping out. So yeah. there's like there's a little space where all the pil- like the, the pilgrim group is there, and there's a little space where all the warden group is. How they- far away is where the ferries? Have- oh, uh, the ferries on the water. So like there's a there's a ferry master building. At this point, it's it's past. You know, yeah. it's, it's not necessarily the best of manners to go knocking on someone's door. Past no, no, no. I was, I was referring to like, it, could we make camp by the water? Uh, you can, if you'd like. Sure. Um, it might be better. I would imagine. I wouldn't recommend it because it's yeah. cold. It might be better to be a little bit more further away from the water. Is that all? The, is that what you want to do? You just want to camp out? Yeah, yeah we're camp just out. Make camp. Okay. So you go make camp. Uh, you guys can go ahead, since you're in a safe space, you can go ahead. If any of you uh, had peril, you can go ahead and take your peril track back up to unhindered. Uh, and uh, the night passes uneventfully, no problem. Uh, Bruno spent some time talking to... Christina? Cressida. Cressida. Okay. Hey, man, I'm proud that you got the C and the S. Now. That was oh, pretty impressive. Right yeah, that's pretty impressive. Crazy elf lady. Yeah. Uh, I'll talk to her more about okay. whatever she's going to, the lady. Is it lady, right? Uh, that's how she referred to. Yeah, she referred to very vague, very vague usages of of feminine terms. Yes. So I'll ask her like, 
Hey, sweetheart. Hey, so... Uh, Thank you for sending for help. Very much appreciated, but... Yeah, my boy Barry got that, you know? He's, the big one. Yeah. yeah. Got lots of muscles. He does, doesn't he? It's okay. Muscles don't necessarily make the man. It's about what's inside. And I can see in you, Bruno. What do you mean by you can see in me? Like... I've got these eyes, and I'm looking at yours, and I know that we're two sides of the same coin, you and I. You might not know it yet, but you and I are quite similar. She chose you just like she chose me. What were we chosen for? We're heeding her call, and whatever she asks of us will do. Has she spoken to you before? In her own way. Through song. Through sign. Here and there. You've got to see. You've got to be able to read between the lines. Interpret. What lines? I'm using metaphor here, sweetheart. It's okay. Intelligence only takes a man so far. No, she's up there, waiting for us. Up in the mountains? Mm. In the ruins somewhere. Bachman's ruins? The only ruins I know of. <laughs> yeah, it's actually it's actually singular. It's Bachman's ruin. Um, oh. If you want to roll a history check, you're welcome to. Um, Clucky, yeah, I do. What's it called? Not history. Um, excuse me, folklore. Sorry, D and D showing again. Alrighty. Uh, this will be yeah standard. Alrighty, I got a forty-three. Oh my gosh, you need to stop using metal dice. <laughs> I rolled a solid seventy-nine. Um, yeah, I mean you don't know much about it. Like the name rings a bell. The way that we like reference, like a Christopher Columbus or a Franz Ferdinand or something like that. But like the name Blackman. But the specifics of who they are and what they do, you're not entirely sure. But no, it's called it's called Bachman's Ruin specifically. As you kind of look a little dumbfoundedly at her, she just says, "What? Well, what do you know of where you're going?" I know it's a colony for prisoners that's pretty much have to do hard labor and help some type of new colonization going off in the wilderness. <laughs> that's about it. And there's two people they were looking for. That's the extent of my knowledge. Mm. That's a pity. I thought maybe you were more prepared, but that's okay. I think maybe she put me in your path to help educate you. You go into a place filled with damned people. Everyone who goes there, they're not good they're not right. And if they listen to the hum of the wilderness, they hear the call of the lady, and they'll be able to join her in the end, because it looms quite soon. And if they're like some of your friends, and 
I'm too busy gossiping and complaining about the smallest of inconveniences, then there won't be much use for them at all. Listen to the song, sweetheart. Listen to the song. I'll do that. So, anything else before I apparently need to get more bed rest? No. As you turn to walk away, she's like, what? Actually, should you do me a small favor? Sure. And she points down at the fire around which the some of the wardens have gathered. Many, most of them are sleeping. They're like leaning back. Some are like are chit chatting and talking here and there. Uh, and she just says, "Could you grab me a charcoal?" Yeah. It's been. A few days since I felt it, and I could, I need to purify myself once more. Um, okay. I'll walk over there. Okay. Uh, go ahead and make, uh, <laughs> go ahead and make a standard coordination test as you try to lift one out. Wardens are just kind of like, most of them aren't really paying attention to you. It's no big deal. You're, they're not. There's other people around the fire that are just landing travelers. Coordination, you say? Yeah, standard coordination. Oh yeah. Just didn't get try to that. grab something out of there without burning your hand. Too. I got thirty-seven. I got eighty-seven. That's a fail. So as you reach in to the fire, you're gonna take some damage. Do you have like a cloth or something that you're gonna try to something you know, oven mitt? You have an oven mitt? <laughs> um, I, I do have one in my inventory. I think that was your iconic trapping, wasn't it? Yeah. It um. No, I don't really have anything. Okay. I have an oil pot. Okay. Uh, so you can take you can take eight points of damage. Like damage damage. To my hand? Yeah. Like actually eight points of damage. That so, hurts. Yeah. Uh, and then uh, you grab this charcoal and you start like hopping hot potato it back. It's like this big black rock that's that's turning white from, from burning for a while at this point. And you carry it over to her and just, just throw I'll take it. out oh yeah, I'll take my sword out and just like just set it on. Just hold on to it? Okay, yeah. very balanced like. Okay. And she just grabs it off of the tip of the sword without any problem whatsoever. And you see her roll up the part of her sleeve that's still intact on one of her arms. And you can see her just grind it right against the top part of her bicep. And it's just in a, just holding it there. And you can see there's a look in her eyes. It's just <sighs> as if it's releasing some pent up stress that she might have been feeling recently. That's hardcore. And then she gives it back to you and she's like, Would you join me? Um Not today. Let me think about it. That's I like my skin. And so um she drops it on the ground and then she just pats you on the shoulder and like she just drags her hand up your shoulder and like right across your face a little bit and she says, That's okay. All in good time, sweetheart. All right, uh, Bruno nervously walks away. Okay. A little red in the face. Okay. All right. Take, Take three points of corruption. And, uh, yeah, and you rejoin the group. Does anyone else do anything before, uh, before night ends? I'm going to go check on Bear, see how he's doing. He looked a little off. You feeling any better? Mm, I'll be better in the morning. Uh, if you, you need, need anything. Let me know. Uh, 
You looked a little sick. It just reminded me of uh, something my childhood. Just a little spooked is all. It'll be okay. I can understand. Uh, something similar recently happened to me. I'm gonna head to bed then. Okay. All right. Keeping it close to the close to the vest still. Okay. All right. So the two of you turn in. Everybody else, anything? Did everything that happened um, with Bruno happen? That was away from you guys. No, no, not really. It was on the other side. It's dark now, so it's not as easy to see on the to the other side of the. Then Zofia minded her own business. Okay. (laughs) Okay. All right. All right. So then uh, night passes. No problem. You wake up the next morning, uh, bright and early. Sun is up. uh, Quite quite cool in the morning. Uh, Certainly. You feel it when you get off the ground. You're like, ooh, that's kind of cold. You feel some kinks. In the, but nonetheless, the fire certainly helps fall asleep. And you look around. People are breaking their fast or eating around various campfires, uh, drinking here and there. Uh, and you, uh, yeah, what do you guys want to do today? Is the fair here? Uh, no, you look out. You would also know that it's unlikely that they would do a significant amount of travel at night, especially in these types of waters, which has a lot of uh, small islands uninhabited here and there. It's the, it's somewhat dangerous. You would imagine that they would probably, unless they're in open water, would probably just drift at night or even anchor down. So is anyone doing any errands or anything this morning? Uh, no errands, but I'll probably go out and try and forage a little bit okay yeah no problem um let's go ahead and roll standard survival check and you can spend an hour or two uh further south looking around for some things not pass all right come back uh you had a couple chances after it took about two hours a couple chances and some sort of snow bunnies here and there um these white hairs decent size too uh quite big um but they blend in pretty well with the rock and you just couldn't ever quite catch one. Um, and you come back with like a handful of berries that you found from, but nothing nothing much else. How long until a ferry? You said there? So if you go in and you check out with, with Haka, uh, she, she informs you that she's overdue at this point two days. Um, but at the same time, it's not uncommon for her daughter because her daughter seems to be the one who's, who's captaining the ferry this run. Um, she's apparently known to be a little sluggish uh missing her times maybe she stays a little too long here or there but it's not uncommon or maybe there's just rough seas you never really know but literally any at any point like the ferry should be around you guys want to go talk to that gnome at all about that crate we could pay alaric a visit where do the ferries come in from, though? Like by the lighthouse? They come through the channel, and they would pass by the lighthouse before they actually dock. Yeah, that's exactly mm-hmm. right. I want to go talk to the lady at the general uh, store. Okay. Uh, Ludgera was her Ligera. name. Yeah. So, yeah, you can head into the, the general store area, and there she is. Same woman, dwarven woman, gray and black hair. Looks like she's lived yeah. a tough life. Um, you know, I go in and I go and introduce myself. Hi, I'm, uh, my name is Emily. Uh, what's your name? Um, Lord Gera Schmidt. Um, nice to meet you. Pleasure to meet you. Um, Are you with the, uh, the pilgrims? Not the pilgrims, uh, the other group yeah, that does. came in recently. Right, the whole po- hodgepodge group. Yeah. Talked pretty- to a couple of your friends, a little tiny one. Yeah. Had a ferret. 
Yes. <laughs> what does he do with that ferret? Never mind. I don't want to know the answer. No, nothing Don't that ask weird. the question if you don't want to know the answer. That's what my mother always told me. Yeah. Yes. Uh, we just went up to the uh, lighthouse and visited Richmond. Yeah. Yeah. That must have been fun. Did he even <laughs> let you inside? Yeah, most of the time he doesn't even let, open the door for people. Yeah. He uh, fell down and something caught on fire. So. Oh, goodness. Is he all right? He's all right. We, we went in and I put the fire out. But... Right. Um, interesting fellow that's, uh, that's a word for it yes indeed what can you tell me about him he's a best crazy is what i can say he's he's good enough at what he does but he's in um yeah he doesn't come here but once a year <laughs> he'll come down and yeah we have yeah for all those eve and he's Carries his mess and his eyes. What do you know about those? He just lost making mess or something. I don't know. He had a friend up in the ruin and um, called him into it. And yeah, I don't know much more than that. Um, what was his name? A dwarvish fellow like himself. Um, is it? Uh, oh, Ivo? That's the one. That's him. Yes. Uh, Zask. Ivo Zask. I think he was a warden, actually. Haven't seen him for some time, but he used to come from time to time. There's only one that uh, that Richmond would usually let in the law house, really. That's about it. Um, and you know, Wilhelm, he, he talks to him from time to time, but that's only, it's usually business. So, but, gotcha. Uh, yeah, he's, um, yeah, he's eccentric. He just uh, never, never saw the need to bother him personally. Yeah. Uh, and then I know they were asking you some questions about uh, Bachman Ruin. Um, what do you know about the forest? Retton, Retton, uh, the woods. Um, yeah, uh, gosh, not a good place. Uh, I mean, they found a cache of ironwood uh, deep, deep in there. And uh, I know that they were sending, before I left, uh, all sorts of the crew up there to take care of it. I mean, surprised surprised goods but um no i'll never want any of those uh those jobs no thanks um rather swing a a pick than an x if you know what i mean mm-hmm. but uh yeah it's really strange whispers you know it's like it's like the like the trees hum at you or something you know like you can i don't like it and then at night it's just echoing yeah it's just makes you feel like your skin's going to crawl off if you ask me mm. personally. But, uh, yeah. Yeah, sorry. No, I appreciate it. Because uh, th- that's something that Richmond also mentioned, was that the forest was rather creepy. Creepy for him? Wow, it's surprising. <laughs> uh, um, well, I don't disagree, but uh, it is what it is. Gotcha. It's, uh, I, I wouldn't go there, no. I hope never to set foot on that damn cursed place, if you ask me. Never again. Now, learn my ways. Nope. Gotcha. Well, I'm super glad that that's where we have to go. (laughs) Yeah, well, why are you going there again? I can't remember if your little friend told me. We're uh, looking for Gabriel Zeiger. Gabriel Zeiger. Yeah. Maybe. His time should be up, but... Yeah, I think that's right. I think someone asked me. One of them can't Mm -hmm. quite place it now. Now, sorry. 
Um, it's not a ton of people there, but you know, a couple hundred. And if he was part of the prison crew, then he was probably, depending on how violent he was, he might have been uh, still in the still in the prison. They only release you to the to Verdum when you you demonstrate some semblance of of order and propriety. You know? mm-hmm. um, but uh, you should. Um, there's a man you can ask, um, Ludon. Ludon Hertz. He runs a. He runs kind of like a boarding house or halfway house, whatever you want to call it. Um, stayed there myself for a little bit. Uh, tends to get all of the those the, those folks going up there that actually care about reformation and, and trying to make a better life. They usually find their way one way or another. Uh, through uh, through his bear, through his dorm, I should say. Maybe he might know. Um, uh, yeah, sorry, uh, can't tell you much more than that. I think. No, I appreciate it. Thank you so much. Yep, yeah, you're welcome. You're welcome. All right. Anything else? That's it for a lot. Okay. You know, we've got some time to kill before the fairy comes. You want to <laughs> see if Alderic's busy at all? Uh, yeah, we can uh, maybe repay him for helping us out with uh, Cressida. Let's see if he needs a hand. I'm proud of you for getting that name right. So is Keith, apparently. Okay, so the two of you, just the two of you, is anybody else going? Okay. Okay, three of you. All right. So three of you. We'll go as well. Okay, four. Uh, it's a party. Uh, so the four of you head up the road uh, to the northeast, about a half an hour again outside of town. Uh, and you make it to Alarak's hut. Uh, when you go up the small path, uh, you uh, you hear music, like this guitar, this like really strangely tuned, probably not particularly well-tuned guitar, banjo-type thing. And as you emerge uh, into his junkyard area, you see him sitting around his own little fire. He's got this... Uh, half like you know those old cartoonish ways in which people eat fish and like they just leave the head on and the rest of it's like bone that's what he's got like sitting on a on a plate in the dirt in front of him and at this point he's just strumming and plucking this guitar uh and he's uh only got uh he only seems to have some pants on he's got no no shirt on no shoes it's quite it's kind of cold out he sees y'all come out oh, hey 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 morning hey, good morning good Morning indeed. Yes, um, patched her up. Wardens gave me a nice, pretty penny. So, got to say, thank you. Oh. Thank you. Thank you. Do you just a penny? That's a few more pennies. <laughs> a little yes. bit more than that. Yeah, it's not polite to talk about uh, wages. Not polite at all. It's so, not? No. No, oh. it's impolite, I believe, is the correct way of saying it. So, what brings you to uh, the Tinsman's house again? We just had some time to kill waiting for the ferry. Just wondering if you needed a hand with anything for the help yesterday. No, no, I'm good. I'm good. You know, Doc, uh, we fought some mountain lions the other day. I'm not a doctor. But that great work you did yesterday, can you check on my arm? I got scraped up. It's been hurting. Oh, um, I suppose I could do this for you now. And he holds his fingers up and he's like holding out, like, waiting for a coin or two or something. So, uh, you know, it's a trade skill. Yeah, I can pay up. Okay. Uh, 
Okay. Four bronze? <laughs> Four bronze. Is that it's brass. But brass, yeah. Uh, you can negotiate. Um, so are you looking for a heel check? Yeah. Okay. Uh, do you have any bandages? I don't. Uh, oh, you want bandages we'll, we'll too? We'll pay extra if he has it, yeah. Okay. So you're going to want to buy a bandage from him and you want to pay for a heel check. Okay. Sophia has a bandage. Okay. You want to give it to him instead? We'll see how much it is and then I'll decide. We will indeed see that. How much it is. <laughs> Between episodes, <laughs> I don't know what's out of my head. Uh, but we may me... need the bandage while on the road. So. Okay, uh, what are you moderately or? I'm just lightly. Oh, okay. It's an auto. Yeah, so that's an automatic success. I don't even have to roll. It's an auto. Oh, okay. Yeah. It's uh, one silver. Yeah. Uh, it is one silver per bandage. I have learned. Okay, I will. Thank you, Keith. Willing play it. Okay. I'll pay that. Yeah. Sure, sure, sure. But yeah, he takes a few minutes and uh, patches you up, wraps it up. It looks good. Looks clean. Um, Smells it. Doesn't seem infected with that uh, that green elf disease that your big friend. Oh, that's quite a nose you got there. Yeah, go be careful. Green elf, green elf disease. It's going around. Mm-hmm. 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 So, uh, Cusido has it. Yeah, that's a shame. It's a shame. So, um, yeah. Anything else? We all done uh, with those crates you're working on. I don't know if you need a crates and lifting them. That you're hammering away. Oh, it's barrels. 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 Same difference. Container. Um, I work with so many crates and barrels. I don't even know what you're talking about. I mean, it could be any of them. But I've uh, nope, got none around the here. Ones we, like, I helped you move them yesterday. Um, and I need help moving them again. I don't know. Was, I had a very busy day yesterday. Saved a woman's leg. Um, From green saved up disease. life. Yep. Just saved them. So, I'm really, yeah, I, um, hmm. yeah, thank you for the help if you did indeed help me, but, you know, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh. Yeah. Yep, indeed. Uh, do you, are you familiar with uh, Rich Mud at all? Oh, that so, crazy uh, son of a bitch up the road? Yeah, I know. Mm-hmm. I do. Got quite the hobby. Yep. Yes, indeed. Yep, he's yes. a good gardener. Hey, is indeed. Yeah, yes. Is that the hobby you're talking about? Seems like he's really good at gardening. He has got a wonderful fertilizer, I've got to say. I don't know what he puts in it, but it just <laughs> makes everything grow just so delightful. Um, yeah, just yeah I was thinking it's... about taking one of his carrots, but I'm not a thief. Mm, that's, that's good. That's good. No one lost a thief. No one lost a thief. No one's lost a look blue. You know, Bear, I think you lost something in his room or when you were helping him. Remember that item you lost? Just the item. What? <laughs> 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 My <laughs> item, huh? Uh, I don't really carry a lot on me. I've you were telling me about it yesterday, but I just forgot. Did I? I, don't know, I? I got pretty spooked yesterday by Rich Mid, so a little hazy but uh mind if we come in it's a little hot out it's actually pretty cold it's actually quite cool <laughs> I mean, it's, i'm getting sunburned i would not want you to see what's in that shit you would think so much less uh, of me i'll be honest with you i've just um it, i would be embarrassed you know new friends um uh, I don't want you to see this sound of me. That's what, that's what it is. Yeah, it's, it's messy. Is this a scarecrow puppet? Um, 
It's doll. It, that's exactly what it is. There's a scarecrow puppet inside, and um, there some freaky sex things then. Oh. Yeah, not gonna know but that one. No, that's <laughs> not true. Oh, okay. But <laughs> misread that. It's still very messy inside. Yep. Yep. Sometimes some sex things. Sometimes no, but it's as good as yes and. But it's all right. <laughs> so I heard uh, you're uh, in the war. Sorry. I was. I was. Did you? Is that where you met? Uh, Richmond. I lost his name. Richmond. Yeah. No, I Sorry. met him because I'm his neighbor. That's uh, how I met him. He's like really far away to be neighbors. He's about half an hour down the road. Oh, okay. It's just as long to get to him as it takes to get back to town. I don't talk with him, not my friends or anything like that. Have you tried being friends? I mean, I've been neighborly, so I have Richmond, blah, 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 and he's like, get the hell away from my lighthouse and whatever. Hey, that's what you told my friends pretty much. I, yeah, well, part of good company. He just, uh, he's a, listen, if you're living up here, you're one of two kinds of people. You're the type of person who either is here because you don't want to be here and someone else told you to be here, or you're the type of person that's here because you'd rather not be anywhere else. And maybe part of the reason for that is because you're not quite right in your head, or you just rather not be around people. So I don't think you're going to really find super personable social folk here. You know, this is... This ain't the... This ain't Oxterton. This, this ain't Clybar. This ain't even like... Yeah, stage of the world, mate. Stage of the world. It's a good life, though, if you like it. And I like it. That's what I do. I guess that thing you lost isn't really important anymore, right? Yes, that item. That you lost. In his shed. We can just let it go. Yeah. I don't think I don't think Josh is picking up. I'm not sure if Josh is not picking up on what you're voting down, or whether he just doesn't want part of this plan. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. To what? Both. <laughs> They're trying. I think, if I understand, you're trying to get Josh as bear to suggest that maybe you drop something in his shack yesterday, and that you want to go back in and retrieve it. I just thought Chovy's way to say it was so terrible. Yeah, even go. <laughs> right, 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 right. I didn't get it the first time. The second round, I got it. Even go in his shack, though. You what? put the barrels in. His... Yeah, you took the barrels yeah. inside. You did, yeah. Yeah, uh, and you would, and you, since you took them inside, you would also have seen the symbol on them. Can uh, I see? Can I go to the shop and buy a fishing pole and hook? It's a uh, silver shilling. Yeah. And go start fishing. Sure. Yeah, absolutely. You can find that. No problem. Can you just asked me to borrow mine before I went up the It's road. too late. Can't retcon that crap. It's too late. You're never coming back. You're going to die on the way back. What? Hey, man. Richmond's really mad. Okay. You guys want to say anything else to Alaric? So Zofia is going to pop her head up at the discussion that he used to be, like, in the military. Yeah. And Zofia's going to gonna jump in and say we had a bit of a rough travels up this way oh, I'm sorry to hear that it's, you know not the easiest route we bit hard to get to encountered some mountain lions and oh really some big kitty cats kitty cats yeah yeah we were trying to... F- More of a dog man, myself. That's what got his arm. Mm. Oh, all right. All right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
So we're trying to fight these mountain lions with shivs and things that didn't really work. I'll say, yeah. I'm wondering if there's anywhere in this area that we might be able to purchase anything that might provide us with a little bit better protection. Hmm. What? It, oh, you were asking for like, weapons and things and armor and whatnot. Yeah, things like that. Mm. Yeah, well, uh, I think there's probably more than one or two blacksmiths in Verdum that might be able to craft something you need or you need uh, to get permission there though it's a bit uh, they're a bit uh, stiff on who they allow to take weapons as you might expect but uh, criminals yeah exactly you know there's plenty of free folk there too it's just you know it's more like registration type of thing like they just want to know who's getting what was really what's after so um yeah, I mean, sure. I don't know. Um, we don't really have our own smithy. I mean, I, I tinker. I can do some small bit of work, but I'm, no, I couldn't make anything much better than a shiv, I imagine. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah. Um, we did have a bloke here for a while, but he left, oh, two, three years ago, I think. Lot him. He's a good one. Yep. Uh, he was very good at stitching together. Leather armor could do it raw out of a, the heart of a of a kitty cat, no problem. Oh, we have heard of a kitty cat. If he were here, he might have been able to do it for you, but he's gone. Where did he go? South. Hmm. We came from there. There's Whoa, really only two dark. ways to go: north, and you don't want to go that way, and south. But really... we are going north. That's the question. That's what about a, east? Pretty poor decision. Well, east is... Those are some big mountains. And you probably want to go south first and go around them. And I don't know much anyone go through there. Yep. Yep, yep, yep. Thought it couldn't hurt to ask while we are still waiting for the ferry to see what we might be able to do to help us in the next step of our journey. Um... Are you are you seriously trying to purchase uh, uh, something from him? I'm just I'll let you make a guile test. Dropping if you like. a little hook and see if he bites. Uh, I mean, if you want, just you can roll a scrutinized test. Uh, make it uh, make a standard scrutinized test to see if he's reacted peculiarly to anything you've stated. I do not pass. He's pretty smooth operator. Just, yeah. Like water off a duck's back. Just. <laughs> So at this point, as you all are kind of milling about, you look out to the water to the north, uh, and you see passing by on an east-west passage to the break bottom channel, uh, you see a fairly long, blocky-looking boat um, that has a couple sails up, and it seems to be heading in the direction of Edgar Key. Hey everyone, Jeff here. Just want to say thanks for listening to episode six of the Adventures in Lollygagging podcast. And I'm going to keep the rest of this really quick. If you enjoy what you're hearing, consider liking, subscribing, or reviewing, or all three of them uh, on whatever podcast app is your preference. You can check out our website at thelollygaggers.com, where you can find all our various socials for the different members of the podcast. Uh, now stay tuned 
uh, because we got a flashback scene coming up that Josh had in mind for his character of Bear. And that's it. That's all I got. Nice, quick, done. We'll see you next episode. Coda. Hide and seek. A young bear, not yet tall or broad-shouldered, leans his head against his forearm and his forearm against the bark of an evermore pine, counting fourteen, fifteen, sixteen. Unbeknownst to his two friends, Marco and Sasha, who scurry about the hilly forest in its rocky embankments, bear's eyes peek ever so slightly from behind said forearm darting from trunk to shrubbery to boulder, looking for any sign of movement. When Bear finally shouts, Twenty! He pushes away from the tree and begins his search. Sasha loves to climb, is better at it than he, so Bear makes sure to scan the upper branches that keep the sun from heating the forest floor. Marco is more varied, an exceptional seeker, always able to find Bear no matter the quality of his hiding spot. As a hider, Marco is unmatched, locating burrows and hollows as if by instinct. Bear suspects his friend is watching him right then, quietly chuckling, waiting for the perfect time to bolt for base. And with Bear distracted, that's when Sasha would normally swoop in from above. Bear is familiar with the pattern. But this time is different. This time, Bear finds both of his friends within two minutes, standing shoulder to shoulder in a nearby clearing obscured by a few fallen trees and boulders. Seemingly undetected, Bear lunges forward, slapping one hand on each of his friends' back and shouting, Got you! Sasha, always in control, swats away Bear's hand and says, We called time, you dolt. She points deeper into the clearing, boulders and fallen trees making a large horseshoe around it. Look. At the center of the clearing, a flattened rock sits a few feet high, like a table or altar, slightly tilting to the west. Along the base of the pedestal are faded, chalky runes. Entranced, neither Bear nor Sasha notice the figure now sneaking past them, its head a terrible mixture of ram and human. It leaps at them. Sasha screams but dodges out of the way. Bear is too slow and the figure tackles him to the ground, cackling, Oh, chaka! Oh, chaka! <laughs> Terrified, Bear swings wildly, the side of his fist landing a hard shot to the figure's neck. It's then that the cackling changes. The pitch grows higher, revealing Marco's familiar voice. Ow! What the hell, Bear? The mask falls to the ground as Marco rubs his bruised neck. Confused, Bear hits his friend once more, but without much force. Jerk, he calls out, but he is already starting to laugh. Marco, too. When Sasha leaps between them, wearing a mask made, it seems, from dyed tree bark and bird feathers, the tension is fully lifted and their laughter echoes, perhaps, for miles. They're all over, Sasha says, and she is right. Hanging from the trees and boulders that surround the clearing are a dozen or more masks, some animalistic, some like mutated fauna, and others that look more alien like creatures from Nan's folktales meant to scare them into eating vegetables and staying inside after dark. But these three, they are a courageous lot, and for the next few hours, until the sun sinks low to the west, the friends take turns wearing a dozen or more masks, pulling them from their hooks on the walls, caring not about putting them back in proper order, never paying much mind to the altar at the center of their play area, littered with small bones. A week later, the three friends are in the forest once more, but no one counts. No one laughs. This time, they shout worriedly, frustratedly, Red! Where are you, boy? Red! That morning, 
Bear's father told him that Red was missing. Named for a patch of red fur on the side of his face, Red was their pet white foxhound, who often accompanied Bear's father on hunting excursions into the forest or near the bog. Red was loyal, dutiful, and had never once ran away. Bear hadn't intended to head back to the clearing. He intended to go northward to the mill to look for Red. Nonetheless, the three children find themselves stumbling through the fallen trees and rock and into the clearing of masks once more. Perhaps Bear had dreamed about the masks. Perhaps he and Sasha and Marco sketched them in the sand behind his father's storehouse. But this was the first time in a week they had returned, and they found that the clearing looked much the same. Much the same, but not identical. The runes along the base of the pedestal are no longer a chalky white, and instead now a red-brown. And although Bear had paid little attention to how the masks were organized, he did know that last week they did not have the red runes painted on their cheeks and foreheads, dripping down from their black, empty eye sockets. And the altar had held only bones, maybe rocks, but now propped up the body of red, loyal and kind, not deserving of the crude slash along his side that saw his innards spill over the tilted stone table and into a bowl on the ground. Staring at his family's dog, the first thing Bear hears is the sound of his heartbeat, racing now, telling him to leave. The next sound is a horrified gasp from Sasha, and then her silence. But the sound that most unnerves Bear, that makes the hairs on his neck and forearms rise, is the sound of laughter seeming to echo from the empty mouths of the mass that hang along the clearing's borders. It is a laughter that, as Bear tries so desperately to breathe, suddenly crystallizes, sounds familiar. Behind the altar, a small figure rises, stands. Atop it sits a white, fox-faced mass with a damp red patch on its side, bits of fractured bone and torn tissue clinging to the fur. The laughter turns to a cackle. Ooh-chaka, ooh-chaka, <laughs> Thanks for the treat, Marco's twisted voice says, muffled by the mask. It is a wonderful addition to the collection. Sasha and Bear stand motionless, speechless. Marco lifts an arm in their direction. His hand holds a crude shard of obsidian, dripping blood. Continuing to cackle, he asks, How about another game of hide and seek? It is then that Bear feels Sasha's hand grip his wrist, the tug on his arm, his shoulder suddenly numb. He stumbles, following Sasha's lead as she bolts out of the clearing. The two run. They crush dried leaves and branches beneath their feet, trip over mounds of earth and scrape their palms and knees. They run through the limbs of saplings that lacerate their cheeks and arms. All the while, cackling laughter erupts from around them, mocking them, taunting them. They burst through the door of the storehouse, stopping only when Bear's father grabs hold of their shoulders and tells them to breathe. They try to explain it all. The clearing, red, the masks, Marco... In between their ramblings, they breathe gulps of air as if they had never breathed before. And when they finally settle, when they finally sit as Bear's father commands, when they finally drink from the flask of water the older man offers, Bear's father looks at them with friendly eyes and a calm face filled with confusion. He says, Now tell me, who is Marco? Marco.